All right. Welcome to the Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Big E. Uh, I'm doing this by myself today, mostly because I just didn't ask anybody. Um, I'm just doing it on my own. Didn't really give enough notice for people to do a pod today. But I figured there's a lot of stuff that we need to go over, and we're mostly going to be doing hockey. Even though if you're watching the video portion of this, I'm wearing a Lakers hat. And uh, Lakers, I think, are doing okay. I haven't really been paying attention to the basketball as much, more the hockey. Uh, and in case you haven't noticed, I've been sort of off SYP for a while. Uh, not a while, maybe like a week. Just taking a break, relax, uh, focus, get stuff ready for, uh, you know, the fall, the more sports, some more content, figuring out what the direction of the brand is going. And uh, now I figured I'd do a pod today. Uh, so we're going to be talking hockey. Uh, lots has happened. Today is Monday, August 10th. Uh, kind of a day off. We have a sort of a rest break. As teams that got eliminated move out of the bubble and teams that are still in the playoffs or made the playoffs, air quotes, uh, stay. And they get to play another round of hockey. Uh, Playoffs will start Tuesday. Uh, I got to find a schedule here. Hold on. Uh, Playoffs will start Tuesday. There's going to be four games, I think, every day. Games starting at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, yeah, so tomorrow we have the Jackets and Lightning at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern. Calgary, Dallas at 5.30 Pacific, Pacific uh, 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific. Carolina, Boston at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. And Chicago and Vegas is the late game at 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern. Um, I think the first thing I have to get into is the Toronto Maple Leafs. They lost 3-0 to the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. And I watched that whole thing. That was the first game I think I watched completely from beginning to end. Um, it was not not a great performance from the Maple Leafs whatsoever. Um, the Blue Jackets got a goal in the first period thanks to Zach Rowenski, which was a deflection, kind of a weird bounce deflection that Freddie Anderson did not see. And the Jackets had a one nothing lead, which was perfect. They got to play their defensive style of hockey. They slowed the Leafs down. And Columbus advanced in five games to the next round, and they're playing Tampa Bay. Um, there was so much wrong in that game. Um, so many, I don't want to say errors, coaching errors, just questionable things. And Torts, I think today in his media briefing, said something along, the, something along the lines of half of the people in Toronto think they know hockey, but they really don't. So I feel kind of uh, stupid saying all this while Torts is saying about how, how half the people in Toronto don't know hockey, which, I mean, true, but what do I know either? So, fair point. Um, let's talk about yesterday. So the Leafs... Um, we're primarily being ran, like being ran by the Matthews, Marner, and Tavares line uh, with Riley and CeCe at, at the D. And that was clearly Toronto's best line. That was the line that had, gave them the most chances, uh, had the best shot attempts, which apparently is different than shots. I think that might include like post shots and missed shots. I don't know. Anyways, the, that was their best line. That was Toronto's bread and butter. They had a few chances. Tavares hit the post once. Uh, somebody else hit the post, I think. Maybe it was Nylander later on. Anyways, um, but that was, the, that was the line that was giving Columbus fits. And, you know, you could see in the, se- in the first period, late in the first into the second, that they were going to get, like, that was their best chance to get a goal. There weren't any other lines that were going to get a goal. And eventually something had to go in, right? Like that was kind of my thinking. Something had to go in. This team had been pushing, they've been trying. Uh, They showed a lot of chemistry together and it just didn't happen. Now I will say there was one part in the third period, in about the first 10 minutes of the third period where Sheldon Keefe, head coach of the Leafs, split those lines up. Uh, Sheldon Keefe had, I believe, um, Matthews, Marner, and I want to say Nylander on one of the lines. Nylander originally was slated to play center today because 
Uh, they were going to go with the Tavares, Matthews, Marner line early on, so they didn't have another center, but they went with Nylander. I don't know why you wouldn't put Alex Kerfoot. I know he's not the best number two center, but if you needed a center, I think it would. I thought it would have been better if they had Kerfoot playing on the second line and you have Nylander to his left and you have Hyman to his right. It forces Kapanen to play at the, you know, on the third line, probably with Engvall and Johansson, who, by the way, uh, Andres Johansson played his first game since February and replaced Nick Robertson. I don't think that move replacing uh, Robertson with Johansson, I don't think that cost the Leafs in any manner. Like, I don't know if Robertson would have got a goal in this game. Um, I think it would have played out just about the same. But I thought Robertson made a lot of positive strides in this playoffs. And I'm not, I'm not trying to overhype him like the rest of the media has. But I thought Robertson had a good series. And I don't know why you would have taken him out in game five. But they did. And they put in Johansson, who I guess is a better fit or the veteran. I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, I thought Kerfoot probably should have been on that second line. Uh, just to give them an actual center. And you put Nylander and Hyman uh to the left and right of Kerfoot. But this team just showed no fight. This team showed – it didn't seem like – there was a bit of urgency. But, man, that, that's got to leave a bit of a sour taste in your mouth if you're a Leafs fan. That kind of effort. Um, it, it was just not good enough. It was not worthy of being in the playoffs. And there's not a lot you could do afterwards, but – hang your head and shake your head. Like what else, what else are you supposed to do if you're the Leafs? Um, the Columbus Blue Jackets, credit to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, they probably don't get enough credit because this is all Toronto collapsing or Toronto failing more than it is the Blue Jackets being the Blue Jackets. But Corpus Salo, I don't know if he had a great game. He had a good game, but he had a shutout. So you have, you kind of have to say it was a great game. Uh, I think he stopped a, almost 30 shots. I think Toronto almost had 30 shots on them. Um, Toronto had 33 shots. Of course, Salo stopped 33. He, his, his rebound control was not great. His movements were not great. Um, but he got the shutout. He had a big save on, was it Matthews? Marner? He, two on one, and he stopped the one-timer with his glove. Absolute rob, whoever shot. And, yeah, Corpus Salo had a good game. Uh, the Zach Rowenski, Seth Jones pairing was terrific this entire series. Uh, Kevin Bieksa, I think, mentioned it after the end of the first period, just how well those two played off one another. Um, or maybe it was Kelly Rudy. Anyways, one of those guys mentioned about how well they played off one another. Uh, they just, you know, lots of, you know, D to D passes, pitch and catch. You know, they always talk about it as a cliche, but it worked well with them. And, Rowenski, there was concerns about him coming into game five if he was going to play, if he was healthy enough. He was healthy enough, and he got the game-winning goal. It was off to deflection, but got the game-winning goal. Um, you know, Columbus, I thought, had really good showings this series from Corpusalo, Rowenski, Seth Jones. Also, Liam Foody. Liam Foody, I thought, had a really good series, especially in game five. I was thinking that even before he scored the goal. I, I, I thought Foody, his speed was unmatched. Uh, he played the part perfectly uh, for what Columbus wanted him to do. And the goal he scored was not so much him. I mean, he made a smart play of just getting, you know, tagging back up, staying onside, and then going after the puck. That, you know, that was smart. Uh, but also just banking it off Anderson, you know, just pucks on net. And it worked out. Um and in case you don't know what I'm talking about, so the second goal that Columbus scored in the third period, pretty much to put a bow on it, you didn't, I didn't want to say that because, you know, there have been three goal comebacks uh, in both game three and four, so you didn't know for sure. But it, it, it put a bow on this game when, I believe it was Nyquist was carrying the puck through the neutral zone. And Buffoodi went offside. He went too fast. He thought Nyquist would dump the puck in, but he just went too quick. So by the time... Nyquist held the puck and he waited and he waited. He wasn't really pressured. He just held up the puck and just waited for Foodie to come back on side. Um, you know, the Leafs went for a shitty change, a really bad change, especially Justin Hall, who didn't even shoulder check. Didn't even, he must not have been paying attention or he did not see what was going on. 
and he went for a change. But his man, Liam Foodie, got back onside, and when Nyquist sent the puck around the boards, went to the quarter, Liam Foodie was the only guy there. There was nobody else there except for Foodie uh, to pick up the puck for the Blue Jackets. Foodie picks up the puck, skates in. It's a two-on-one. Marincin um, doesn't really know what to do. He just kind of stands there and, you know, goes on one knee to try to prevent a pass, which kind of right in front of Freddie. It's not the best positioning, but I guess he was just trying to stop the pass. And Foodie scores. Um, banks it off Anderson. Makes it 2 nothing. Game's essentially over. And the Blue Jackets get an empty netter with Nick Foligno, by the way. Nick Foligno, after game four, um, take, taking a questionable penalty. Mr. Blue Jacket is Nick Foligno. He deserves to get one late. Glad he got it. And the Jackets won 3 nothing. Uh, I thought Foodie had a really good game. I thought Boone Jetter had a really good game. I, I thought he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Um, he took out Tyson Berry early on in that game. I thought it was a clean hit. I thought there was nothing wrong with the hit. It's just unfortunate. And Jenner just did his thing. Um, yeah, so the Blue Jackets advanced. They're playing Tampa Bay a rematch of the first round last year. If you're the Maple Leafs, um, you know, you have to make some changes, I would think, this offseason. Uh, Matthew, I don't think Matthews was – there are some parts of Matthews' game – I really like Matthews. There are a few parts of his game, which I'm a little concerned about. Um, but I don't think you get rid of him. And I think he's, again, top 10 player in this league, at least, maybe top five. Uh, Marner, the effort was there for Marner. And the effort might have been there a little too much in that he, he – he, I don't know what his goals were this series. Um but Marner, at the end of the, I shouldn't say at the end of the game, with like eight minutes to go. So it's still one nothing Columbus. And Marner is breaking out of his own zone. And he has Morgan Riley, Morgan Riley to his left wing. Riley's there on his left side. And Marner, instead of passing to Riley for the breakout, Marner just takes it. He just goes. He's just skating coast to coast. And it was a bit concerning because it's like he feels the urgency. He feels the urgency. And he needs to do it himself. He needs to be Superman, and he has to go and score by himself. He did pass to Riley eventually, but it was like, your guy's right there. That's the play. You don't need to go be Superman. Are you trying – like, do you not have confidence in your team? Are you scared, nervous? Yeah, so for Mitch Marner, five games, no goals. Uh, yeah, that that's tough. I, I he was maybe trying to do a little too much. He felt the pressure, and I'm not I'm not saying that one play was indicative of his entire postseason, but that was a little concerning at the end watching that. Um, you know, Marner had the same amount of points as Kirby Doc. Same 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 series really. Doc had four assists. Marner had four assists. None of them had a goal. Uh, each had two penalty minutes. So, but I mean, Mar I think Matthews had a good series. Tavares had a good series. Tavares took a lot of shit from the Blue Jackets. And they showed a montage of it, I believe, in the second period of just all the shit Tavares was taking from Seth Jones and the Blue Jackets. And that's what one of the things that really concerned me about the Maple Leafs was that there was no fight. There was no – I know it's a team not meant to fight. It's not a team that's meant for any extracurriculars after the play. But I can't remember what sequence it was. I think this was in the third period. This was near – they were down by two or they were down by one. This was in the third period, and the game was coming pretty close to an end. And I want to say it was Spezza who, Spezza who was down on the ground and he was taking shots from somebody. And somebody was just cross-checking him while he was down on the ground. And, like, there was a little bit of tussle from Nylander and, and a little tussle from Matthews. But, really, there was just not – like, they weren't standing up for the guys. There was no fight. There was no the, – the Toronto Maple Leafs were letting the Columbus Blue Jackets bully them. And they were seemed, – they seemed perfectly content with it. They just didn't do anything to say, hey, don't do that. They, there wasn't any – I mean – 
the only fight in the series was Spessa in game four. And I feel really bad for him because he left, I think he left quite a bit of money off the table to come back and win a cup in Toronto. And it didn't happen. And you could see the despair and, and not despair, but he was just demoralized on the bench after that empty net goal. Like he, you knew the energy was drained and they'd given everything they had and it just wasn't enough. And so, you know, there was no fight from the rest of the team, especially when Spessa was down. They, they just let Columbus do it. They just let Columbus do it. Um, it's how Columbus wanted it. Columbus knew that Toronto was not going to be that physical of a team. Really, Kyle Clifford, I think, was the only real physical presence in that series. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know what changes you make. I don't know if you give it a Nylander. Uh, he did not have a great game five. I don't know if you want to trade him based off a of game five. But it's not a great performance from him. Um, I hope you bring Spessa back. That defense probably could use a lot of changes. Uh, Riley, I think, is about the only safe option. Justin Hall is going to get it a lot of shit for that move, that horrible line change. So, and I think Dermott's fine. I think Hall's fine. Barry was okay. Not as good as they wanted him to be, but I thought Barry was okay in the series. Um, CeCe, again, okay. I know there's a lot of people who don't like CeCe. But I don't know. I don't know what the option is um, to make this team better. I think you keep – Freddie's got one more year after this. Freddie was not the reason you lost this series. Freddie, obviously, he gave up some questionable goals. But, I mean, you know, if I'm looking here at Freddie's performance during the this postseason, I, I mean, he was probably the least most valuable player. Yeah, so – Um, oh, that's post. That's regular season. I wonder if there's postseason for Freddie Anderson here. If I can find his stats, you know, he was probably the Leafs MVP. Matthews, you can make an argument for as well. Um, just because it was, you know, those were the two guys that they let. You know, they built around. You know, so Freddie. Save percentage, 936 save percentage um, for Toronto in the series and a 184 goals against average. Your goaltender puts up a 184 in five games and you lose. You get shut out twice by this team, by the Columbus Blue Jackets. You get shut out twice. Your goalie puts up a 184. That's kind of pathetic. Um, and I don't know if the depth guys are the problem. I think the Maple Leafs actually have some pretty good depth. I, I think Hyman's a good player. Um, you know, Engvall is something. There's something there with Nick Robertson who should make the Leafs team next year. Spezza, I think, is a good player. I think he'll be back for another year. Obviously, you're not building around him, but he's a nice veteran piece that, you know, provides some depth, you know, at the center position. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is maybe you have to tear it up a bit and say we got to be more defensive we got to play more like the blue jackets yeah i think that that's reasonable um i don't know who you move it's tough to move marner because he's you know local kid he you know people really like marner maybe not so much after this series Tavares signed uh with you to be your you know to play in your hometowns he that's kind of a disservice to trade Tavares Matthews is probably the best player out of all of those guys so I don't know why you would move him I guess it's Nylander I guess it's Hyman um I don't know what the market is for those guys especially Nylander after this series so um yeah that's kind of my thoughts on Toronto and Columbus but kudos to John Tortorella he outcoached Sheldon Keefe uh, kudos to Jonas Corpusalo and El Elvis Merlikens. Um, both had good series. Uh, Elvis, I think, was injured last night and that before last night, so that's why he didn't get the start and went with Corpusalo. It didn't really matter. Um, you know, Rowenski, Seth Jones, 
but really, like Dubois had a really good series. Uh, Liam Foody, I thought, had a good series. Boone Jenner, um, Felino. I thought Columbus did what they were supposed to do, and it worked out perfectly. And that's why the Leafs are out of heat. Like, that's why the Leafs are not playing anymore. Uh, just to, yeah, so just to give you an idea, um, Freddie, five games. The last, he only played five games with the Anaheim Ducks in 2016 postseason. Uh, three wins and two losses. He had a 9.47 GAA with the Ducks in 2016. Uh, Freddie Anderson did not 9.47 uh, save percentage for me and a 1.41 GAA. That's how good Freddie, Freddie Anderson was in 2016, and he posted similar numbers um, this season with the 9.36 save percentage and the 1.84 goals against average. Um. I think the biggest takeaway, because obviously now, going into the actual playoffs, you're without Matthews, you're without Marner, you're without McDavid, uh, you're without Dreisaitl, you're without Crosby, Malkin. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from this postseason, and you, and you learn this in life too, you, you see this in life and you learn this in life, is capitalizing or benefiting from others' incompetence. And... Let's use the Pittsburgh-Montreal series here because the Montreal Canadiens won in four games over the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think people thought that was the most shocking series result of the play-in round with Montreal winning in four. Uh, I think people were surprised with Montreal winning 3-2 in overtime because of Jeff Petrie's snipe. Um, But, you know, if you look at how that series went for the Penguins, so – they played Matt Murray, who I, I, I respect the move because Murray is obviously, I, I want to say the guy because he's got them to the Cups before. And, you know, Tristan Jari, I think, was a better regular season goalie looking at stats and from what people said. Jari looked like the better guy. They gave him the opportunity in game four, and they just did not have enough scoring. The Pittsburgh Penguins looked the penguins look slow they did not rise to the occasion they played at the montreal canadians level and that is kind of scary uh it's why they lost it's why they got eliminated because they they just did not outplay montreal they just played at the habs level and the habs played the way they wanted them to and it worked out so to give you an idea, Sidney Crosby had three points in this entire – in the four games. He had two goals, one assist. Uh, Jason Zucker also had two goals for, uh, for Pittsburgh. But, you know, Connor Sheary, four games played, no goals. Patrick Hornquist had one goal. Um, Evgeny Malkin, no goals. Zero goals from Evgeny Malkin. And, yes – Yes, Carey Price deserves all the praise because he basically carried Montreal. Carey Price, I would say, is the MVP of this play-in round. Um, Carey Price has been terrific. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, I'd love to see him win a cup with Montreal. But you're telling me – this is like the Toronto game. You're telling me that Evgeny Malkin in four games cannot score a single goal against Carey Price. He's got to be able to score one. He only got one assist. He had a minus three. Kind of pathetic showing for Malkin. I mean, McCann didn't get a goal. Connor Sheary did not get a goal. Gensel had one goal, and Crosby had two goals. I mean, I also want to – the other thing I want to look at, too. The other thing, where is it here? Um – I wanted, I wanted to talk about ice time because I think ice time, time on ice is important in the postseason. The, the playoffs is when you should be playing your best guys more. Like your, your top guys have to be playing at least 20 minutes, if not 21, 22. Uh, Matthews averaged, I believe, 25 minutes a game. Granted, he went to overtime twice, but 25 minutes a game, which, okay, going back to that, going back to that, um, Going back to that, uh, 
I think in game three, when Columbus was making their comeback, Matthews only played, I think, 17 minutes, Matthews and Hyman. Like, I think by the time, like, near the end of the third period, I think Matthews had maybe 10 seconds more of ice time than Hyman did. Like, that is disgraceful. That should not be happening. Um, but take a look at the Penguins' ice time. Like, Sidney Crosby only has 20 minutes of, in, in a total, like, average ice time per game, 20 minutes and 46 seconds. 20 minutes and 43 seconds for Evgeny Malkin. 21.45 for Jay Gensel. Gensel's playing an extra, what? What's that? Three shifts a game more than Crosby and Malkin? Okay. That's concerning. Um, to give you an idea of how, that, how concerning that is, let's take a look at ice time throughout the whole playoffs. So Seth Jones averaged almost 30 minutes, 29-28 in a game. All right. In terms of forwards, leading away with ice time, I believe it's Matthews. Also Matthews, 25 minutes of ice time. Mitch Marner, 24-39. So Keith, in the last two games, really played in three, I'll just say the last three games. Um, including overtime. He really played Matthews and Marner hard. And that's what you're supposed to do. What you're supposed to do is play your best guys that give you the best chance of winning and or and scoring. And Toronto needed scoring. And Matthews, Marner, and I believe Tavares is somewhere. Yeah, Tavares had 22-42. So Tavares, not quite as many minutes as Marner and Matthews. But those were the two guys that were giving him the best chance to win. And Sheldon Keith played him. It didn't work. So it didn't get a goal. So I can't blame Keith entirely um he did his best and it didn't work out but look at the Pittsburgh Penguins you know you know where Sidney Crosby so 20 minutes and 46 seconds of average ice time a game guess who has more total like average ice time per game Alexander Barkov had more ice time not totally surprising Jake Gensel more ice time than Sidney Crosby. That's a little concerning. Uh, Miko Rantanen. Okay. Uh, those guys played three games and they were round robins and Colorado still is putting those guys, um, Colorado is putting Rantanen and Landeskog in, but those are their best guys. But I think Crosby deserves more ice time when you're in an elimination. Like Colorado is not getting eliminated. Col Colorado still has a playoff series to play, but you know, they're still playing Rantanen and Landeskog. Landeskog got 21 minutes, 35 seconds, total average ice time per game. Uh, Rantanen got 21, 29 in the three games. Okay. Andrew Kopp. Andrew Kopp of the Winnipeg Jets. They played in four games. Andrew Kopp had 21 minutes and 24 seconds of average ice time in the four games. Granted, Shifley was out. Line was out. Okay. All right, Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman had more ice time in five, average ice time in five games than Sidney Crosby did in four games. Zach Hyman had 20 minutes, 57 seconds. Crosby had 20 minutes, 46 seconds. 11 second difference, average time. Okay. Evgeny Malkin had 20.43. He was actually tied with Dubois. And Pasternak, they all had the same amount of uh, time, average time. Um, but, I mean, like, yeah. you got to be playing – when you're in an elimination game, you got to be playing your best guys more and the guys that get you an opportunity to score. Because Carey Price is really fucking hard to score on, in case you didn't know. In case you forgot, Carey Price is a really fucking good goalie. And you know who's not going to be scoring – a whole bunch of goals for you. Brandon Tanev. Brandon Tanev. It's not going to be scoring a whole lot of goals for you. All right? Like, I don't know who else is, like, Pittsburgh's depth is not that great. I don't, I mean, they've been moving players in and out of the lineup mostly because of the fact that, you know, they've had injuries, which is why Sullivan is getting the, uh, what's the coach, Jack Adams this year. Jack Adams should not be going to Mike Sullivan for this performance. I know the regular season, it, you know, shouldn't, you know, mix in with your playoffs for if you get the, you know, 
award or not. But I'm just saying, you got to be playing Crosby and Malkin more. Okay, Mike Sullivan, you should know that. Brian Rust had 27 goals this year. And I'm sorry, Brian Rust is not going to be the guy that beats Carey Price. Okay? Like, Jared McCann is not going to be the guy. Patrick Hornquist, those guys should have scored more, but they didn't. And Crosby and Malkin, like Malkin scoring zero goals in this playoffs, just mesmerizing. So Montreal capitalized on that mistake of not playing Crosby and Malkin more. The incompetency to not play your best players more, Montreal capitalized on. And they got, Montreal actually, obviously Carey Price had a really good performance. Shea Weber had a really good performance. Jeff Petrie had a really good performance. So kudos to those guys. But they took advantage of some bad coaching. Speaking of taking advantage of, you know, bad coaching, how about the Chicago Blackhawks? The Chicago Blackhawks are making it to the next round of the postseason. They are playing the Vegas Golden Knights. They defeated the Edmonton Oilers in four games. And to give you an idea of Connor McDavid, who is the best player in the league right now, I think by a mile, Connor McDavid, Averaged 22 minutes, so two minutes, about two minutes more than Crosby and Malkin. 22 minutes and 23 seconds. You know what that places him in forwards? In forwards, McDavid got the eighth most total, uh, eighth most average total time on ice. So Ryan Nugent Hopkins had more ice time. Okay, no. Uh, Drysidle got more time uh, than McDavid which I know Dreisaitl is going to get consideration for the heart this year. I know he's got nominated. Connor McDavid is your best player. Connor McDavid, you, you would be nothing without Connor McDavid. Absolutely nothing. And you're telling me you only have 22 minutes for him in a game? In an elimination series where you need to win this to go you know, compete for a cup, you only have 22 minutes a night for Connor McDavid. You're telling me that Kyle Connor can get more ice time in a series. Kyle Connor got 23 minutes in a second average time on ice per game. You're telling me there is an extra shift out there for Kyle Connor than Connor McDavid. Uh-uh. I'm not buying it. You're telling me Mika Sabinajet. I get it. He's a center. 23 minutes. You're telling me that Mika Sabinajet can get an extra shift than Connor McDavid. Uh-uh. No, not happening. And I get with Matthews and Marners. They're one and two with time, average time on ice. They played overtime games. Okay. All right. I, I will accept that. It's a shitty argument, but I will accept that. The Chicago Blackhawks are in the playoffs right now because of the fact that Dave Tippett, who I like, I've respected Tippett. I have been preaching for him because of the job he's done with Arizona. He turned Arizona from nothing into something. He made that team a winner. And he did not play McDavid nearly enough in this series. Not enough. He would deserve more time on the ice, and he did not get it. And even Chicago, speaking of capitalizing on the, on the incompetency of others, like, the, the goals and the points in this series. So, I can find the Goddamn thing here. So, goals in the series for the Oilers. It's loading. So, McDavid had McDavid and Drysdale combined for eight goals. Eight goals, okay? They scored more goals than the rest of the They scored three goals more. What is it? So, eight goals, two four, five, six, seven. Yeah, they scored more goals than the rest of their team combined. That, that, that's just unacceptable. Like, Tyler Ennis got a goal. Josh Archibald got a goal. James Neal got two. Chase Young got a goal. You know who didn't score in this? Like, Nugent Hopkins got two goals, which, I mean, he probably could have got more, but he got six assists. He's a playmaker, left winger. That's fine. Anthony CU. They gave up two second round. I'm a Red Wings fan, and I thought that was great for the Red Wings. Giving, getting two, pick, two second rounders for Anthony CU. You want to know what Anthony CU put up this postseason for the Oilers? Nada. He did not get a goal. He did not get an assist. That is bad. That is not good. 
But hey, you know what? Like Kenny Holland said, he's an RFA, so he's going to get re-signed. Yeah, for putting up nothing in the postseason. Nada. Zach Cassian. I know he's not meant to be a goal scorer. I know he's not meant to be a point producer. Zach Cassian had to put up something, and he put up nada. He did not get a single point in this series. <sighs> Tyler Yamamoto. Yamamoto. I like Yamamoto. I thought he was going to be the breakout star for the Oilers in this postseason. You know what he got? Tyler Yamamoto got nada. Zippo. He got no goals, no assists, no points. And you know who benefits from all this? The Chicago Blackhawks. Because they didn't play McD- – the Oilers did not play McDavid enough, and when they didn't play him, the rest of the team did not show up. The Yamamotos, the Anthony Seus, um, Cassian, like, those guys did not show up. Those guys did not show up, and as a result – the Blackhawks moved on. Kudos to Jonathan Taves, who had a really good series. Kudos to Duncan Keith, who had a good series. Kudos to Corey Crawford. Kudos to Kirby Doc. Those guys just played their game. They played their styles. And they're moving on. I know Blackhawk fans who really wanted a shot at laugh. And they're not going to get it. And by the way, I'm recording this pod Monday afternoon before the first overall pick uh, gets announced. So I have no idea who laugh's going to. Um, I'm not going to speculate. We'll talk about this another time. But this entire series, this entire series was based off just about Blackhawks capitalizing off the Oilers' uh, failure. The Pittsburgh-Montreal series. Montreal was capitalizing off the failures of Pittsburgh by not playing Crosby Malkin enough and not getting any scoring when needed. Kudos to Carey Price and Shea Weber and Jeff Petrie. Those guys played great, but they did not play that well. Not or the, the Penguins did not play as well. Those guys played well, well enough to get the victory. And the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Columbus Blue Jackets did what they needed to do. Toronto at least tried to play Marners and Matthew and Tavares a lot. They put them out there, and it just didn't happen. It just did not work. They, they, they tried. Kudos for trying. They just did not. You know, did not find a way to beat that defense in scoring. Um, obviously, I, I say Toronto needs to change it up a little bit. Uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I think can learn. I think Pittsburgh is still a good team. I think they can learn and figure this out. Edmonton needs to make some changes too. Like Edmonton and Toronto need to make changes, and Pittsburgh, I think it's fine. They they're all right. Um, that's, I think, the biggest takeaway from this series, uh, from, the, from the play-in round, is just capitalizing on others' incompetency. Um, the, the Arizona Coyotes, you can make an argument, argument the Arizona Coyotes kind of did that with the National Predators. The Predators just never looked comfortable. They just always looked like they were playing behind, and the Coyotes had a really good goalie uh, with Darcy Kemper and got some timely goals, and the Coyotes just capitalizing off Nashville's incompetency from, because they couldn't score. Um, you know, I, I don't really think you can make that argument in any other series. Um, Florida to a little bit, I guess, lost. The Islanders were just a better team, I think. Bobrovsky did not have a great series. Nobody really had a great series on Florida. Um, yeah. That, I think that's the big takeaway, though, in the, in the, in the big upsets. Columbus or Toronto is not really that big of an upset in the grand – like in the point scheme of things. But I think that's, that's the takeaway. It's just teams succeeding and, – and you'll see this in life. Teams succeeding on the incompetency of others. It happens all the time. Uh, so let's talk about the next round then. Let's talk about um, the actual playoffs in the first round. Uh, there's actually some really good matchups in this. I, I'm excited to see how this goes about. Um, so let's start in the West. I don't have anybody to preview with, so I'll just be – I don't know if I want to make picks, but I'll give some sort of preview or things I'm looking for. So in the West, you have uh, Vegas playing Chicago. That's going to be a really fun series. Colorado plays Arizona. That's better than I think people will think. Dallas plays Calgary. And St. Louis plays Vancouver. Uh, in the East, you have Philly playing Montreal. 
Tampa Columbus rematch of last year. Uh, you have the Washington Capitals and the New York Islanders. Uh, kind of a an old uh, what's it? Wales. I'm trying to think of the division. I want to say it's the Adams. No, it's not the Adams division. Fuck, what division is it? Not the Norris. Not the Adams. Actually, it might be the Adams. It might be the Adams division. I'm thinking of old Adam division. Adams division rivalry. Uh, and you have Boston and Carolina. I think you have at least. I think all there, there, all the East series are at least watchable, and you got good storylines in all the East. The West is going to be a little bit complicated. Um, I, I'm going to say right now, my my two upsets I'm calling right now. Uh, I'm going to call the Coyotes over Colorado, and I'm going to call the Islanders over the Capitals. Uh, I have at the beginning, well, at the cup in the cup last year, so like. June last year, so June 2019, I said Dallas was going to be playing the Islanders because that's how stupid the NHL is with parity and just randomness. And I'm still on track with that. Um, so I have to stick with Dallas playing the Islanders. But I think Arizona, Kemper's hot. Uh, Kemper's really hot. There's got to be an upset somewhere. And I'm going to say it's the Coyotes. Uh, I really like Kachina. Maybe that's why I'm going with Colorado uh, or going with Arizona over Colorado. But I'm going to say the Coyotes can upset the Avalanche. And I'm going to say the Islanders over the Capitals. I think the Islanders um, just play a good system. Barlamov has to be really good because Washington can score a whole bunch of goals. But if Barlamov can play well and not and the Islanders get enough goals, I think they beat Washington, uh, which is going to be really disappointing for Ovi and TJ Oshie uh, getting there. Boston-Carolina is going to be a really good series. That's a toss-up. Boston has really looked I don't want to say awful, but they haven't looked as good as they have been in the round robin. So they match up against Carolina, a rematch of last year. Carolina has been off for a while. I want to say they've been off for five days, six days, not, not quite a week, maybe six days. Uh, when they, They'll be off for six days when they play tomorrow. It'll be the first game in six days. I don't know. Anyways, um, that should be a really good series. That's going to be really close. Um, but if I, so if I'm going to give picks, actually, before I give picks, the other series I really want to discuss is, uh, Philly, Philly and Montreal. That's going to be the best goaltending series, uh, in this first round with Carter Hart and Carey Price. That's going to be a really close one. That's going to be really fun to watch. And we'll see if Montreal's defense can slow down Philly's offense a bit. Um, that, yeah, that's going to be really fun to watch. So Vegas and Chicago, I'm going to take Vegas and... Five. I'm going to take Vegas in five over Chicago. Um, we'll see if Leonard – I think Leonard would be starting this series. He's got, he got quite a few – I think he got two starts in the round robin, and he got traded from Chicago to Vegas at the deadline. There's a bit of motivation there. I think you go with Leonard. Even though I know Fleury is the Vegas franchise, I think you go with Leonard. Um, probably a star – a guy to watch for in this series is Kirby Doc. I really like Doc. Um, he didn't score in the four games against Edmonton. Hopefully he can find it in the back of the net uh, to give Chicago a little bit of help. But I'm going to take Vegas in five. Colorado, Arizona. I'm going to take Arizona in six, I think. Um, I think the Coyotes can make a series of this. Uh, obviously, Hall and Kessel are going to be the key. They need to get the top line going. Um, but Colorado looked really good in the regular season. We'll see how well they look against Arizona and they can beat the Coyotes but I, I, I'm gonna go with Kemper he's hot go with the hot goalie I'm gonna go with Kachina I'm gonna go with the Coyotes in six Dallas and Calgary um I have to pick Dallas because Dallas I said is gonna make the finals but I'm really disappointed because I really love Matthew Kachuk this is probably gonna be the worst series I think in the first round I think though it will it will be and worse, not on a horrible, like the hockey won't be bad. It's just, this is probably the series with the worst coaches, uh, Rick Bonus and Jeff, uh, Jeff Ward, who are both added uh, mid-season to their respective teams. I, I just think the coaching has, has not, is not going to be great in this series. This could be a physical series. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a real high-scoring series. I just think it's going to be a physical series, and it's probably going to be a slog. 
and just whoever can survive, whoever can get out of it, uh, will probably lose in the next round, but they'll get beat up. But I'm going to take Dallas in seven. I think it's going to be a really close series. Cam Talbot is key for the Flames. If Talbot can slow Dallas down, each goalie is going to be key, really. Ben Bishop being able to slow down Calgary, Talbot being able to slow down Dallas. I think that's going to be really key um, in this series. Both teams need their goaltending. Both teams rely on their goaltending. So whoever has the best goalie, I guess, is going to win this series. Uh, and finally, to round out the West, you have St. Louis and Vancouver. I really like this series for the Canucks. Not because I think they're going to beat St. Louis. I think St. Louis is going to win in six games. I think St. Louis is going to win this series. But I really like this series for Vancouver because let's say they do beat um, St. Louis. They, they, that's a big win for them. That's a, that's a huge momentum shift for their franchise. The, the coaching in the playoffs really is not that great it's in the Western Conference. Craig Berube, Craig Berube is probably the best coach in the West right now, I think. The other argument you have is Pete DeBoer, and I would rather have Berube right now than DeBoer. And if Vancouver can get past St. Louis, I think Vancouver can go to the Cup. Um, you know, I, I think they have the, young, the forward talent. So if you look at that positional group, I think St. Louis has a better goaltending with Jordan Bennington. Bennington did not look that great in the round robin, neither did Jake Allen, but Bennington is going to probably get the start, and I think he's better than Markstrom. I think that's fair to say. Um, he, 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 he's a guy I would rather go with right now. And again, I'm not trying to disrespect Markstrom, okay? I've really started to like Markstrom this year. I really respect what he's gone through and how he's got to this point. Um, I said he was the Canucks MVP this season, I believe, when I did my when we did the last hockey preview pod. I'm not trying to disrespect Markstrom, okay? I just think there are better goalies than Markstrom right now, and I think Bennington's one of them. That's not to say that Markstrom's going to be bad. That's not going. That's not to say that he's horrible. He did let in a couple soft goals against Minnesota, but that happens. All right, he was you know he was really good in that series for the Canucks. But the goaltending, I think, is better, it favors St. Louis. I think the Blues have the better goaltending, and I think the Blues have the better defense. Now, Vancouver has the better forward group, I would argue. I, would, I, I think they have more elite scoring. It also depends on Tarasenko and what his health is like. I think Tarasenko, he either played in two games and missed one, or he either played in one and missed two. But he's been dealing with health this year. And if Tarasenko can get back out there, that gives the Blues a better chance of winning. But I think Vancouver has the better, better forward group. And if Vancouver wins the series, Markstrom stands on his head and their forwards come alive. Don't know that's happening because I trust, you know, offense sells tickets, but defense wins championships. And I would go with the defense and the goaltending and the coaching of St. Louis more than the forward group of Vancouver. However, that's not, that's not to say this series, the season is a loss for Vancouver if um, they lose to St. Louis. Um, you know, I think this is a good learning experience for young guys because the Blues are hungry. They're still motivated. They remind me again of the Toronto Raptors this year. Where both, they're still hungry. They're still motivated. They don't seem content on just winning last year. They seem content on going back to back. And if the Canucks lose to St. Louis, I think this is a good experience, you know, learning experience for the Canucks young core. Um, I, I think they can appreciate losing to the champs and obviously you want to, you want to win a series. You don't want to just keep rebuilding unless you're maybe Jim Banning. I don't know, but it's not here. It's a, it's, I like, that's why I like the series for the Canucks because if they win, I think they have a good shot of getting to the cup. If they lose, I think it's all right. It's a learning experience. They can get humbled. And then next year, is the year where you like you go for it, you gun it, and you're just Stanley Cup or bust if you don't win it this year. Um, but I, that's why I like the series for Vancouver. I like the series for Vancouver. I don't want to. I don't want to say more than St. Louis because I think St. Louis. You know, if they play Calgary, they're going to get into a, a, a physical battle that they don't really want. Arizona's probably a better matchup for them, and, and probably Chicago would be a tough 
but winnable series. Vancouver, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I, I think Vancouver, you know, can beat St. Louis, but I think St. Louis will beat Vancouver in six games. Um, let's go to the East. So you have Philly, Montreal. I spoke on the goaltending. Uh, the goaltending is going to be really good. The defense will be important with this series to see if Montreal's defense can keep up with Philly's offense. Um, I'm going to take the Flyers in. I'm going to take the Flyers in six. I think six or seven. Carey Price is going to win them a few more games. I think Carey Price. People are being reminded, including myself, just how good Carey Price is. He is electric. He is outstanding. Love Carey Price. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. I remember watching him with the Tri-C Americans. Um, you know, the dude's a legend. Great guy. I think he's going to give them a few extra games, but Philly's going to win in the end, and they're going to advance. Uh, the Flyers behind Carter Hart are going to move on uh, to the next round. So two WHL goalies going head-to-head in this series. Tampa Columbus. I really should have SYP creator Keith back on here um, to discuss Tampa Bay Columbus. I, I, I'm going to say Columbus loses to Tampa. I'm, I'm going to say the Lightning win. I think the ser- that, that series against Toronto was a, was a motivating experience. Might have taken a little bit out of them. They go right, like, this series goes right back on tomorrow. Like, the Jackets are back in action tomorrow. You would hope Tampa Bay is ready and prepared and takes the Jackets seriously. I could, like, I could be completely wrong. The Jackets might be the better team again. I'm going to say the Lightning have enough. We'll see about Hedman, too. I think Hedman left uh, with a bit of an injury. Because if Hedman's out, then that's a big loss. But look out for Mikhail Sergachev. Sergachev's been doing pretty well lately. Um, Vagileski's obviously got to play really good. And Tampa has to score. Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. You got to score goals. Like, you can't be like Toronto. You can't be like Toronto. Um, that's why I'm going to take the Lightning in seven. I think it's going to be close. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say look out for Columbus because I think everybody knows that. I think everybody who's been paying attention knows that. So I think I, I think we've learned. Uh, I think Keith just wants to make fun of me still, even though he didn't pick Columbus. He picked Tampa Bay. I'm picking Tampa Bay. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Then the Black Blue Jackets really deserve deserve my respect. Um, but I'm going Tampa in seven. Caps Islanders. I I want to say it's an Adams division, but it's not an Adams division um, because the Adams division was yeah wasn't the Adams division that they all played in. What was the other one? The Patrick, the Patrick division. That's what I'm thinking of. The Patrick division. That's what this series is, a uh, old Patrick division uh, series between the Islanders and the Capitals. I am taking the Islanders because I have them going to the finals. And obviously that's a big step going from the Florida playing the Panthers to playing the Capitals. I... The Islanders, I think, just have to play their system, get enough scoring. Barlamov has to be really good. But also, Braden Holpe has to be good because this is a contract year for Braden Holpe. Like, he needs this as much as the actual Capitals do because um, he's got Samsonov waiting in the wings in case Holpe fails, in, co- in case Holpe doesn't have a good series. So, I, 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 as much as I love Ovi and as much as I love uh, TJ Oshie, I got to go with the team I picked at the beginning of the year, and I'm taking the Islanders to beat the Washington Capitals in six games. So, uh, yeah, Long Island faithful, I guess. Boston, Carolina, man, this is a uh, this is a tough series. Um, Carolina looked really good against the Rangers. Uh, Boston did not look good in round robin, so it's the team that's hot versus the team that's not. I, I would feel I, I would feel really stupid picking against Boston. So 
And as much as I love Rob Brendamore, Brendamore has been an exceptional coach. Uh, Aho and Tara Vinan have been great players. A uh, friend of the pod, Jacob Slavin's incredible. I'm, I'm going to take the Bruins. I'm going to take the Bruins in seven games. That This might be the, the, the series of the first round. Yeah, it's going to be really close. Uh, I'm going to take the Bruins. I think they can put it together. I think they can figure it out. Carolina's going to give them trouble, and I think they did last year a bit. But I'm going to take Boston uh, in seven games. So, to recap, I have, I think, Vegas in five, uh, Arizona in six, Dallas in seven, I'm going to say, St. Louis in six, Philly in seven, uh, Tampa in seven, the Islanders in six, and Boston in seven. So these are going to be some long series. I don't think we'll see any sweeps. Uh, I think the team most likely to get swept, the Hawks, uh, Calgary. I don't think anybody in the East is getting swept. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see it happening. Like the mo- the most likely case somebody gets swept in the East, I I would say is Montreal by Philadelphia. But Carey Price has got a- it's going to win them a game or two. I have no doubt. Uh, Dallas, yeah, Calgary gets you get swept by Dallas. Chicago gets swept by Vegas. Um, series the series I'm probably going to be watching the most. St. Louis Vancouver, I think it's going to be really fun. Boston Carolina, Philly Montreal. Uh, yeah, I just think those, you know, those are going to be the series that you'll want to watch, um, heading into the second round. Uh, all right, let's talk about the laugh sweepstakes for a little bit. Um, basically before I, uh, I call this off, um, so there, I, I believe the report is that there's a 30% chance, 38% chance that Laugh, Alexis Lafreniere, Alexis Lafreniere will be going to either Toronto, Edmonton, or Pittsburgh. So let me just pull this up with the actual draft lottery. Everybody gets a 12 and a half. There's 12 teams. I think they get a 12 and a half percent chance at Alexis Lafreniere. And if I can actually get it here, if the internet wants to work. Um, but to round, so Toronto, Pittsburgh, uh, Edmonton, I'm trying to find out who the rest of the teams are. Okay, here we are. So you have the Rangers, the Preds, the Panthers, the Wild, the Pens, the Jets, the Oilers, and the Leafs. I think if people are going to be calling it for, well, people might be calling it for the fix for whatever team goes, but certainly if he goes to the Oilers or the Leafs or the Pens, um, you know, I don't think the Leafs really need, everybody wants laugh. I don't know that the Leafs need laugh. Um, the Oilers might want laugh so they can put the gave a dry saddle and laugh on the same line. That'd be pretty cool. I see him going to either the wild or the Rangers. I, I just feel like the wild need him the most or the Preds, the Preds need something to build around, but the wild really, the wild were looking okay for like a few days there. Cause everybody just thought the wild were dull and they were boring and nobody was interested in them. And this could be a way to get laugh some excitement. Um, laugh and the wild some excitement. I think the Rangers also make a lot of sense because he could go on a line uh, with Panarin and Zabinijad, and he could play on their top line. He even got Kako there too at, at left wing. So you got two really solid left wingers. Um, and the Rangers kind of needed that in the playoffs against Carolina. They just needed an extra goal scorer, and Laugh would have been that guy. I don't know how well he would have done in the, you know, these playoffs, but so those are the two, I think the least likely teams he'll go to, I don't know. Nobody really knows. Probably. The, I don't think he would go to the Jets. Um, that, that would be kind of funny though, if he goes to plays in Winnipeg, but I, I'm going to say he either goes to the wild or the Rangers. Those are the two teams I think he goes to. 
without uh, so basically whichever team um, gets last, then the rest of them. So let's say like Minnesota gets first overall, then every other team that uh, lost in the qualifier um, basically picks between nine and fifteen, and that and that's going to be on your regular season points percentage. But Toronto, I think, with their how it works for Toronto. It might work for the Rangers too. I can't remember, but Toronto, if they don't get first to roll, their first over, their first round pick goes to Carolina because of the Patrick Marlowe trade, and I think the Rangers pick might go to Carolina as well with uh, the Brady Shea uh, trade earlier. So yeah, that's kind of the Alexis Lafreniere sweepstakes, which is on uh, in a few hours here. So that'll be cool. Um, yeah, that's really the podcast for today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Hopefully we'll have more content coming out in a bit. And uh, remember just to speak your piece. Um, we got some merch coming. Talk to Scotty K about doing merch. And uh, we'll get you set up with a size and a pricing. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this and enjoy the rest of your day. Peace out.